Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, one a tax collector. The tax collector, looking for mercy, is justified. But the Pharisee, who only wants to be better than his neighbor, goes home condemned. You've heard this one enough to know better than saying it out loud. It's gauche, but still most of us still end up thinking it. Really, Lord, I'm a lot of things, and I know that I am not perfect, but I do thank you that I'm not like a homeless drug addict. I mean, really, I'm glad that I don't suffer that. I thank you that I'm not like my enemies, because I am acutely aware of their sins. Thank you. O oh Lord, that I am not a pagan who hates you. When it comes to righteousness, we can hear this thing every single year, but we can't really seem to keep our eyes on our own paper. And it's not out of genuine concern for our neighbor or anything so noble. It's not because we actually want to see our neighbor helped. It's out of the idea that God grades righteousness on a curve that y'all doing worse really only makes me look better. And that, you know, I know my life may not be perfect, but whoa, could it be worse? And it leaves us with the conclusion that, you know, things just aren't really so bad. Not just like be content with the gifts that you've been given. Don't complain. That's, that's fine. I mean, don't strive to build something better to leave things nicer than when you found them for the next guy. Don't wrestle with your own sins. Tell yourself that as long as you're better than somebody else next to you, they're the ones that need to get it together, not you. We grade righteousness on a curve. That means that it's not about how good you are, just whether or not you're better than someone else. So by all means, complain to me about other pastors, because I know that I am far cry from perfect at it. But every time I hear somebody else screwing up, I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm bad, but I look good compared to that guy. Please, continue to post videos of bad parents on YouTube. I love watching other people screw up. I'm not perfect. But I'm glad I didn't get caught doing that. It leaves me with compliments from y'all, too, on my sermons because you were convinced that there was somebody else here who really needed to hear that this week, who smiled because they were finally put in their place, and who offered a quiet little prayer that maybe this week they would actually hear it, fear it, and, you know, get their lives together, but not like too much. Because if they actually got their lives together, who would we look at to feel better about ourselves? Repent. Repent. Because at the end of the day, this is the very same attitude that put a rock in Cain's hand. He assumed that God grades righteousness on a curve. And so he had to be more righteous than his brother Abel. The thing was, Cain was already righteous. He was a child of God. He was taught by his parents how to lead a godly life. 
He was taught by them how to sacrifice in the temple. He was brought up within the church. But he thought his brother was better. So he tried to one-up him. And so, when two men went up to the temple to pray, one brought the kind of sacrifice that God desires, and one brought the sacrifice of himself. Because as long as there has ever been sacrifice, one thing has been true. Something has to bleed. Something has to die. For only blood can cover sin. It's always been this way. From the very garments of skins placed over Adam and Eve as they were taken from the garden to cover their sin and their shame, something has to bleed. Something has to die. To the Levitical sacrifices of the Old Testament, ultimately to Christ our Lord. Abel brought the firstborn of the flock, not just because it was his very best and he wanted to show God how much he loved him, but because something has to bleed. But Cain thought God grades righteousness on a curve, and so he gave of himself. God, this is the very best I can come up with. Take the very best of my harvest. Take the very best I can give you. He sacrificed of himself. But sacrifice has never been, everybody do your best and we'll see who's not like other men, especially like this tax collector. Sacrifice has always and will always be bleeding to cover sin. And when we make sacrifice about it being enough or even just better than somebody else's, yes, our faces fall and our desperations rise and anger comes right along with it. Cain thought he had to be better than his brother when God would call him holy all along for something would bleed to cover his sin. Cain thought that when he was worse than his brother, there was only one way to fix it. Because if God grades righteousness on a curve, you know what's a whole lot better than doing better yourself? Making someone else worse. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain only kept score. We're supposed to look at our neighbor, and when we do see their sins, acknowledge them as wrong, but maybe even try and help them, instead of just parade them around because it makes us look better. See, being on top and looking down at people, it only makes you a jerk. But being on bottom and looking up and thinking that you will never, ever, ever live up to those standards. You will never, ever, ever be as good as that one. You will never, ever, ever be the favorite child. You will never, ever, ever be good enough. That just makes you desperate. And desperate turns ugly real, real fast. And the whole time that you are looking to others, hoping to be judged righteous, you really ought to be looking to God. Because God doesn't judge righteousness on a curve, but on a cross. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he was. And he is. Not because the tax collector was better. He was worse. But also, not because the tax collector was worse. It's because of Jesus. That's why we are judged righteous. Because Jesus died for sinners. Even sinners who commit adultery, even sinners who lie, even sinners who cheat, even sinners who grift, even sinners who do their very, very best to live up to the standards of the guy next to him and never quite get there. Jesus died for you and for me. He is merciful to us sinners.
This, this is what held the tax collector in such high regard. He wouldn't look up, but he knew what he needed, and he even knew where he needed it from. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And mercy is not about you. It's not about being more deserving of it than somebody else. Mercy is about the one giving it. And the one giving it is Jesus, who came into this world to bleed and die and be that all-atoning sacrifice for you and for me, for every last time that, yeah, we know we're not perfect, but at least we're better than, and for every last time that, yeah, we know we're not perfect because we'll never quite be as good as. Jesus died for sinners so that we could finally stop looking at each other, hoping to one-up one another, and just being able to rejoice that at least that sinner is forgiven, and at least I am too. And maybe we can make heads or tails of this world together. We plead for mercy from the cross, which makes equals of us all, because you are nothing more than holy. You are nothing less than perfect. You are worthy of love, because Jesus has died for you. And that neighbor, whether you look up or down to him, is nothing more than holy, nothing less than perfect and worthy of love because Jesus died for them. Mercy is about the one giving it and Jesus gives it to sinners. He has humbled himself for you that you would be righteous and exalted. To plead for mercy, it is to call attention to this. Jesus loves sinners. And then we can actually acknowledge our own sin instead of burying it under somebody else's. We can call attention to what ought to be hidden in the eyes of the world and expect God to love us enough to help us anyway, forgive us anyway. We start every church service with it. I, a poor, miserable sinner. And it's not about whether or not I'm better or worse than the next guy. It's about whether or not God will speak holy words to me, even through a pastor as sinful as you, and probably a whole lot worse. In the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our church gets packed full of nothing but sinners. And yeah, some of us look different than each other. But at the end of the day, God makes saints of all of us. Your sins are forgiven you. You are as holy as the next guy. He hands it out to you here, day after day, week after week. There is mercy here for you. Whatever you have ever done, and whatever you think you lack, there is mercy here for you. You don't need to find it in being better than somebody else. Just in being forgiven, that is enough. For the Lord is merciful to us sinners. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds unto life everlasting. Amen.